welcome to Graphic Policy Radio. This is a comics podcast, and this is your host, Elon Eleven. This is a comics podcast wherein a Jewish person without kids will try to help you buy winter holiday gifts for family members of all ages and and your friends. I I have friends, at least. (laughs) That's right. It's that time of year where people buy a lot of stuff. We want you to shop locally and support your local comic book store, especially after everything they've been through this past year. So joining me are two awesome people who work at local comic book stores, and together we are going to team up to solve all your gift-giving problems. So joining me is Demetrios. Demetrios is the owner of Anyone Comics. Hey. Hey, glad to have you join on the show. (laughs) Now that he has an NFT from DC Fandom, he hopes to sell it to retire and give up the retail life forever. But before you do, thank you for joining us for the show. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. And joining me again is friend of the show slash awesome returning guest, John Arminio. Hey, it's great to be back. Thank you. Yeah, John is a counter monkey at Comics with a X Connection in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. He is a passionate fan of comic books, film, and heavy metal, and you can hear him discuss such topics on recent episodes of The Pink Smoke and Movies from Hell. He posts about all these subjects as Quasar Sniffer on Twitter and Instagram. So thank you guys for this like sort of last minute team up. Like I said, I'm I'm Jewish, so I don't really do a ton of holiday planning, and it always kind of sneaks up on me at the last minute. Like, oh shit. I bet Goyam are buying a lot of stuff for their family right now. I should probably get this before it's too late. So thank you for jumping in this at the last minute. My pleasure. Yeah, no problem. Um, You know, I, I think really one of the values of shopping at a local comic book store is that you get to get advice from people other than just like Dr. Internet, as they say, um, mm-hmm. to figure out what to buy for who. And... I think there's sort of a big picture question I want to ask, which is like, what makes for a good comics shop gift? Because you guys don't just sell comics there. There's also games and merch and, you know, there's definitely stores that lean more towards comics and that's where you guys are at. But like, what are the kinds of things people should be thinking of considering getting from a comic book store? Uh, yeah, I think a, uh, board games is definitely a big thing, T-shirts and stuff. Um, I think one of the easiest, uh, most obvious gifts for stores that have this uh, capability are gift cards. Um, mm. a lot of, yeah, a lot of times when you're shopping for, let's say, a comic book fan, um, comic book fans, I think, are one of the hardest people to shop for because they usually go out and buy the thing that they want, right? But mm-hmm. if you know the shop that that's their local shop, for example, a gift card is just the easy one to go to you know i think yeah i would uh, definitely agree because you know sometimes a family member will come in thinking that they know what they want and some and they'll say um my brother my son my significant other likes spider-man what spider-man stuff do we do you have and it's like well i'm i'm pretty sure <laughs> that if you know this person has like a subscription box or a pull list uh they probably have the spider-man stuff uh that they're looking for, but if the person you're shopping for does have a pull list and you don't want to get a gift card, you could come in surreptitiously and pay for like that week's comics. Ooh, and so sneaky. They, I like that. For a nice surprise and that oh, yeah, yeah. comics are paid for. Yeah, I've never had that, but that's actually a really great idea, actually. Oh, that is really sneaky. I like it. It's true though, like I try to think about what are the times that You know, it's complicated, though, because like when I was a teenager and sort of newer into comics, people would regularly loan me stuff that like 
I wish had been a gift, you know what I mean? Because it was like, this is amazing and it changed my life. And then the older I got, the harder it became to shop for me for comics as I just had read so many things. And I don't think that mm -hmm. it's that my taste is more set or anything. It's simply just that I have consumed a lot. The thing is, there's so many more comics, but it just gets a little bit, I don't know. But I'm trying to yeah. think of like the last, you know, my, my uncle of all people gave me a wonderful comic book gift um, that was most unsuspected. And it's because it was like from an indie newspaper strip that I'd never heard of that. Oh, shit, man. I'm forgetting the name. Real. Uh, Mutz. I hate you. Uh, I mean, Do I know Do we just met. Doonesbury. But I hate, you know, I've read all the Doonesbury. That's where I got a lot of my original history of the 1960s as a young person. All right. Cool. Julius Knipple, real estate photographer. Uh, is from, I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's fucking gorgeous. It is like the most Jewish New York thing ever. It was published in the Jewish Daily Forward, of course, and nice. various alternative weekly newspapers. Uh, but yeah, so it was sort of like very left field. And in some sometimes like a very left field comic gift that is about things you like, but are not things that you normally get comics about can be a good way to go. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the challenge is always a person comes in and says, Oh, you know, my uh, partner loves everything. Uh, yeah. Spider-Man related. Right. And then, yeah, the chances are they have all the spider things you, uh, you know, you could offer them. But I, I, I do when a person's very insistent on a, on a book, I've got two strategies for the most part. Um, one is get the hardcover, like nice package version of the thing that they already own. Like oh. let's say, yeah, 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 right. They own they own all the sagas, let's say, but get them the hardcover saga. It's nicer. They think they have a couple of books. At the, at the very least, they have a new covered stuff. Um, or you kind of look for that indie gift that's tangential, right? Like that's um. That's loosely related to the thing that you know they're obsessed with. So, for example, um, people who are, let's say, Batman fans, um, you know, you go into like all these kind of Batman, like, uh, you know, like um, um, satire, not satire, but like homage stories and stuff. Right. You get you could do um, confessions for Master of City if that's still in print. You can hmm. do. Yeah, you can do. Um, Unfortunately, uh, it's not. But. <laughs> Not damn it. Yeah, to my infinite frustration, Asher City is very difficult to get. Damn. But if you, if you find it out there in a comic book shop, just, just buy it. Yeah, like, just buy it. volumes you can. Confession. That's true. That's really easily like people love Asher City, and it's a very fucking accessible. Yeah, yeah. A, a Confessions is is for me just the best Batman story to ever uh, uh, be out there. I uh, personally, it's pretty great. <laughs> And, but yeah, and what? Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, but yeah, like there's always like these like kind of, um, you know, like again, like a, a, a Captain Marvel slash Shazam fan, you could give them a Miracle Man thing. That's something that they haven't right. heard, or or even a Watchmen fan, you could give them Miracle Man. And again, it's not something they've, you know, they it, odds are they may not have heard of it, and suddenly it's opened their doors. You know, it's something else. You know, mm -hmm. genius. And you know. um Charles Forsman, who uh, did It's the End of the Fucking World and I Am Not Okay With This, he's vocal-ish to, to, to me. Um, and so every once in a while we'll get like these little weird booklets of stuff that he's done as an indie publisher. And so the most recent one is um, No One Comes to the Lake Anymore, which is sort of like a hmm. funny homage to Friday the 13th. 
Oh, cool. Oh, shit. And, and so your local comic book store anywhere in the country will probably have cool stuff like that from local artists, local creators um, that you won't find anywhere else, including digitally. Uh, and so especially like for Charles Forsman in this case, like if you're a, a horror fan, that's something you'll, you won't find anywhere except at a local comic book store. I kind yeah, of think for, Frank might need that. Uh, uh, for sure. I always try to steer people to indie uh, creators, uh, local creators more than anything else. But like, uh, yeah, again, like, your more mainstream stuff just seems to dominate, like, you know, people's yeah, yeah, minds yeah. and stuff, so. One of my suggestions, I mean, I don't, I've never been a comic book retailer, but I am a comic book uh, person who people come to to get suggestions from a lot. Mm-hmm. One of my things is that, like, if you if you tell me that somebody likes Spider-Man and then you tell me, like, roughly how old they are, I might be able to get a sense of what Spider-Man is to them mm. and think of a good Spider-Man thing that might appeal to them that isn't the one that they came up with per se. Mm. So, um, I mean, and that's sort of like a sideways way into it. And I, I tend to be a bit better about that with X-Men actually, but still like the idea is sort of like, you know, like, oh yeah, no, people who are exactly 10 years younger than me, you know, they all really super imprinted on Umbrella and like more like five years younger than me, they all imprinted on Umbrella Academy. So like, what is the thing that, you know what I mean? Um, And it's complicated though, because I also hate when people make assumptions about what somebody's going to like or not like based on their uh, gender or race, especially like the gender thing makes me like really, really cranky because I've never been someone who's like, this one has a girl on the cover. It's for me. Like, no, like I'm, I get that that's a thing, but that's not. But um, generationally though, there's kind of like a sense of what somebody might not have seen yet. And that's not, you know, somebody might like, you're going to, I mean, ironically for me, like you might just, you know, if I'm looking at, like later 90s x-men i'm like oh this is the ugly shit ever please don't make me even look at it but (laughs) but you know i i still think that there's things you can sort of extrapolate a little bit when you know what what other things people have read what they might be missing Um, oh for sure because there's also a lot of comics that feel super modern that they might not have like you know certainly we talk about you know suicide squad ostrander and mcdonald like stuff is like a lot of folks who kind of came up on like, like really like gritty comics that might that might have escaped their their radar because it's older, you know. Um, uh, you, you know, what bothers me, man. It's the uh, it's the reverse of that actually. When people make assumptions about books, when uh, you know they they could actually kind of, they could be about something uh, more than you expect. Um, mm. So. One of my one of my biggest examples, one of the like the most shockingly progressive and I think the most uh, uh, I don't know, like it was able to communicate through science fiction, um, gender identity, like very, I don't know, simply, I, I think was Transformers, man, the IDW, the uh, the face. Oh, stuff. Yeah. Did you guys, it, it was remarkable when they when they when they discovered a. Uh, a planet of um, female identifying Transformers and then suddenly decided, whoa, I can go by a different... Pro-. It was remarkable. But like, and all the people I want to introduce you to kind of dismiss Transformers because yeah, it is based on an action figure and you would never expect something like that. But it's, uh, uh, you know, yeah, but it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, that that, is, I've heard that about that series. It's ama- It was amazing. Yeah. Like, that is one of the cool things about comics doing sort of, uh, you know, these legacy properties yeah, like uh, the Transformers, uh, the IDW Ninja Turtles, or um, the Star Trek Year Five, 
series, they're really these fantastic like twists on the formula that that you know, but still find a still feel very much like those properties. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've even given um a Star Trek graphic graphic novel as a gift to my dad. Um, and he ended up, you know, really enjoyed because he's a big Star Trek fan. Uh, it, yeah. So yeah, it's it's a really, you know, interesting way to maybe get a geek gift for somebody who you might not normally get, get uh, comics for. You know, it's true. Like thinking about what are the shows that people love, and there's like there's like comics of like Blacklist. Like there's comics of like yeah. all kinds of random TV. I don't know if those were any good, but mm-hmm. you know, but like there's yeah, Winona Earp has comics. I think Winona Earp came from, came from a comic, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Oh, shit. Yeah, there's okay. a bunch of Dune comics right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I wonder if there's any of those are good. Uh, my Dune customer fans love the uh, Dune yeah. comics, actually. Okay. The the Boom Studios ones, at least. And then yeah. I think there's another one uh, coming from Sikevich, or is that a reprint or something? Um, that um, I can't remember. Oh, well, but there's yeah. definitely going to be plenty of Dune property. <laughs> you know, if, if you guys are really feeling fall and, like, feeling that um, over-the-garden wall spirit and, Ooh, like, wish there was more yeah. of that, the comic series of that are amazing. Yeah. The, the one challenge I have with those is those are anthology, well, at least the ones that I read that are the earlier ones are anthology books. And so when you look at it, some of the stories are definitely for older and some of the stories are definitely for very young and they're in mm-hmm. the same book. So it's mm-hmm. sort of like... I can read this thing that's for a very little kid and appreciate it as like, this would be really good for a little kid, but like, I'm not as interested in it as I am at the ones that are a little bit older and it's all in the same book, but it's really mm-hmm. good. I don't know. Yeah. You, you're just going to have to see which graphic novel or, or trade paperback collection has what in it. Because yeah, the, I do remember when those were coming out in single issues being sort of discombobulated by there'd be like one issue would be geared towards like six or seven year olds. And the next issue would be just like the show. And with the creepy atmosphere, it was was sort of a a strange approach to releasing the property as wonderful as as it is. Cool. Yeah. But it's a great point about the Star Trek comics and the, you know, there's some really great people working on them now. Um, I mean, I was, uh, uh, I would advocate for doom patrol for the last, like, you know, 20 years, I used to work at mm. Midtown Comics, and uh, I'm really glad people are catching up to it now, but man, I really wish people were checking it out back then, man. Mm. Well, I, mean, I think that the Rachel Pollock, I heard the Rachel Pollock, you know, Richard Case one was going to come out soon on in print. Do you guys know Oh, that's that? cool. Well, they, they actually solicited it uh, two years, uh, no, I'm sorry, a year before the show came out, and uh uh, the order it was canceled, um, presumably because there weren't enough orders in. Mm. Um, now after the show, it makes sense for them to try to resolicit again. It's the close thing to, oh, well, I mean, it is a literal follow up to Grant Morrison's run. Um, yeah. and but it's it's the closest to the tone of what Grant Morrison put too as well. I think so too. And like for historic purposes, it's like guys, th- this is the first like big comic book for like a big publisher by a transgender woman, like, mm-hmm. and it's from a million years ago, so. And it's legendary and like, it's, yeah, it's like very much in line with the show. So that's a good point. Yeah. We just covered Doom Patrol on the podcast and there's definitely a big fan base for that. Wait, wait, I mean, the thing is, is, sorry. Is, is 1993 a million years ago? It it really hurts if that's the case. (laughs) I know. It's really hurting me internally. (laughs) I know. That was about like a year after I started reading comics. So (laughs) 
I mean, just industry-wise, five, six years ago feels like a million years ago. Because, you know, when I started a Comics Connection, we would, every week, put in our reorders on Tuesday, and every week they would come on Friday. Mm-hmm. And everything we would order, we would get in. And now we order, I don't know, a half of our order might not never come, and it might come, you know, in three days or in three weeks. Holy moly. So, I don't know. And we're ordering through three different distributors, whereas when I, you know, five years ago, we were ordering through one distributor. Mm. Um, so, if your local comic book shop has trouble getting in a specific book for you, uh, there's a lot of <laughs> reasons why that might be the case. So, uh, be patient with us, please. Oh. Yeah, I, I've ex- I experienced a little bit of that too, John, but uh, uh, I just start whenever I had a chance, I would just order a crap ton ahead just so I can yeah. like, load up and just be less reliant on uh, these distributors. Yeah, definitely. So what is. Oh, shit. Sorry. So how do local comic book stores help shoppers find the right gift for friends and family uh, when you have someone approaching like a little bit more blank slate? Yeah, uh, for me, definitely, you know, ask their interests and ask ask about their reading level. Um, it is difficult, though, sometimes if parents ha- have a very protective view of, over what their kids are reading, um, because they'll ask, well, is this appropriate for my child? Like, <laughs> my, my, you know, I don't know your child, <laughs> but, and my instinct is to say, Yes, because you know they'll, they'll ask like, "Is is bone appropriate for my child?" Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, my I'm sorry, but uh, my main. I mean, look, I I watched Easy Rider when I was in second grade, and I turned yeah. out okay. Yeah, we're we're all <laughs> fine. Frank watched Predator when he was f- five or six, and somehow <laughs> yeah. he turned out okay. <laughs> um, yeah, you just really have to gauge um the the person's interests and, you know, what try and find the gift that they're specifically looking for. You know, what about you, Demetrius? Yeah. I mean, um, there's like, what we're saying is true though. There there's, we don't want to discourage let's kids, kids, for example, do want to push their boundaries. They do want to try to read more. Um, but it's not something that I think we need to consider, when it comes to gifts, the the important function of the gift is that it's uh, also representative of the person giving it to that hmm. kid. Like, mm-hmm. so, so I always, you know, add that, um, I always mention the fact that like, obviously it's easier when the child is here to get them something, but then I, I think it's very much okay to do some of the more um, typical stuff, right? Like bone is, I think uh, a good one. Amulet's a good one, of course. Um, for for more recent like or if these kids which they usually have read bone and uh, all the reina telgemeier stuff um when they have read all that stuff i usually go with some of the more recent dc kids books they've been really solid um yeah and um scholastic's been putting out a lot more um uh harper uh alley has been putting out a lot more i mean frankly it, it's very clear that the book industry is is pushing more and more um, graphic novels aimed to uh, elementary and middle school readers. And, I, you know, the, there's some quality control on their end. So I think most of it's been pretty good. 
I know I had the writer of the new uh, DC graphic novel for young adults called Whistle on my podcast. Oh, yeah. That that book is wonderful, especially for Hanukkah, guys. They have a lot of Jewish themes and uh, synagogue. There's a beautiful synagogue drawn in it. Jewish teenage girl superhero. And and also Whistle, I believe, uh, has a it's a person with disabilities, correct? Uh, the main character. No, of the main superhero? no, no, no. Oh, OK, well, there are books Her like mom that, too. Is, but yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Um, yeah, it's so good. It's true. Like they really had a consistently good quality for the YA DC comics books, like, which it goes to show you, like if you hire smart people and invest in it, like the kids stuff can be really strong, Yeah. but it's funny because, you know, when I was a young person, like one of the things I liked about the X-Men was that it wasn't marketed as being a comic for young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could not have paid me to read anything that was like for young people like that. Right. I, I, no. You do run into that, too, when trying to buy for kids, is that a lot of kids who are interested in comics don't want comics for kids. They want the riskier for them, you know, grown-up stuff. So you have to sort of find out, you know, what they're trying to intuit, what what they're comfortable with. Um, But, you know... Really, a, a lot of like the the legacy Marvel stuff, if you, if you can find it, like is is fun. like nobody is going to be scandalized by you know uh, Ditko Lee Spider Man. Yeah, no, it's true, right? Like you have the comics that were read by older people, but because of fucking censorship, like you're not going to get in trouble for giving it to a kid. So it's yeah. like here, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the mon- side effect. The uh, Mighty Marvel Masterworks they've been putting out recently have been great for that, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, they're repackaging, uh, uh, like, 10 issues of Silver Age Marvel comics into digest size. The digest size is reminiscent of Raina Telgemeier's books, um, so the kids usually gravitate towards it. I mean, the language is pretty, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, Silver age really corny and stuff. But I think the kids don't mind it. They, I think, like the novelty of uh, seeing older comics too, right? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. was preceded by Marvel doing graphic novel or digest-sized versions of characters like Miles Morales, Squirrel Girl, right. uh, Kamala Khan. So th- there's that option as well. Yep. It, it, it's funny, kind of... right? Uh, I'm sorry, but it's funny because uh, DC in, uh, clearly invested in this DC Kids stuff, right? The mm-hmm. ink and the... Uh, but Marvel just took whatever they already had and repackaged it. Yeah. I think yeah, it's yeah. a really funny duality. Oh, yeah. No, Marola did not have a plan. Um, <laughs> so, like, what are some of the, of the classic comics that they've repackaged that way? Just a couple. I'm curious. The, the one that came out last week was uh, the Hulk one. Um, we've had Avengers already. Doc, is, I think Doctor Strange came out, or maybe I just placed the orders and, and I might be confused. I think Fantastic uh, Four has come out. Is it like is it like Lee Kirby yeah. Fantastic Four or is it like John Byrne yeah. Fantastic Four? No, no, Lee yes. Kirby. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, oh. X Men, as a matter of fact, the uh, Lee Kirby X Men uh, is out for sure. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Spider Man. Wild. Yeah. And if they're gonna re-release the Lee Kirby X Men, could they get, like go through and just delete some of the dialogue bubbles? <laughs> anyway. Um, so right, what is really popular right now that you find like that you really love that you like you said selling a lot and you're like I get it this is great keep buying this people. Uh, Far sector for me we recently oh, yeah. had N K Jemison uh, for a signing so I had boosted sales but frankly she already had a really strong audience she 
I would say brought in uh, people who don't normally read comics into the store for sure. Mm. Um, the Fortnite Batman comic, um, when it comes to like a regular four ninety nine comic because of the code, um, kids definitely want that one um, if stores still have them. Um, they keep doing reprints. Uh, so, you know, there is a good shot in getting them. Um, uh, I don't know. John, what do you think? Um, I was really pleased with the response to a good Asian. Like, oh, yeah. People, oh, people yeah. might sort of really love that. And from that, um, I got a couple people to read Infidel, who would have never read a horror book. Mm -hmm. uh, so... Uh, good, good Asian was great for me yeah. too because um, you know with the Brubaker Phillips team, you, you know there's always people who come in for more and more of that, and yeah. I always like noir books that I could you know that could break away from just following whatever Brubaker does. I don't know, right? S same audience for you too? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, that is a hard like wall to break because you know same thing with like Hellboy readers who like mm -hmm. you you might like this supernatural story, but. Nope, just Hellboy. But uh, yeah, we were able to break through the Brubaker barrier. Uh, <laughs> the Brubaker for, barrier, I love it. For, for, for and, Good Asian, yeah. And Good Asian is so good, guys. If you want to hear more about it, I had the creators on my podcast earlier this year. It is an excellent noir in Chinatown of San Francisco. Historical fiction, really like culturally interesting mm -hmm. and really beautiful. Um uh, have you tried uh, Black Hammer for the um, Hellboy crowd, John? Uh, yes, and I was able to break through like some of the DC only people uh, with with Black Hammer. That like they huh. do sometimes get a little overwhelmed with all the miniseries in that universe, but I think because of the sort of Justice League adjacent content in that book, uh, yeah, they uh, I have had a lot of luck recommending Wait, that book. Remind me, is Black Hammer? That's like a what is like a pulp hero that's in this that's in the uh, BRPD universe? No, or? no, it's it's its own universe created by uh, created by Jeff Lemire. So there's a, a sort of like Justice League type team who defeats a dark side like being, but as a result, they're sort of jettisoned off into this other dimension and they're sort of imprisoned there. Um, and so the original series was all about sort of the existential question of like, all right, so if you save the universe but nobody remembers you exist. Is it worth it? Um, wow. and, and then each of these different characters were kind of spun off into their own miniseries. And there was like an, a Legion of Superhero homage, um, a Starman homage. So it, it is a really fascinating uh, series of series uh, from Dark Horse. Uh, more, more importantly, there is, in fact, the Justice League uh, Black Hammer yes, crossover in hardcover. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and then on top of that, like, it's kind of Lovecraftian because it's these superheroes with powers and they're powerless in by these unseen forces essentially right yeah yeah and there's uh, a lot of like uh, sort of ec comics homages and um and you know weird fiction homages that different characters go into multiple multiple dimensions and, and tell anthology horror stories every once in a while it's great mm -hmm. what what toys are good that people like and then also like i don't get it but oh yeah okay. like i I, I, I hate Funko Pops, but uh, they're super popular, man. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, we do sell them successfully, but uh, yeah, that's one that like I understand the novelty of it uh, for the most part. But when people are buying, um, I don't know, uh, Jupiter Rising Funko Pops just because they're rare, that's that's a part that like boggles my mind, man. Oh, that's like a collector thing rather than like a I love this particular property and so right. I want it. Yeah. 
but that's like most i believe it's most of funko pop uh market i just really I, I was like wrong. i like you guys you made like a laura palmer dead wrapped in plastic funko pop that's not cool <laughs> oh like, yeah please don't make funko pops of murder rape victims thank you um yeah Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, what, what, are, what are some toys that you think are good that you guys are selling these days, if that's something that you participate in? Um, I sell, like, for me, board games and uh, role-playing games are really good. Role-playing games encourage uh, a lot of, like, storytelling amongst, like, friends and family and stuff. Um, and we try to carry indie role-playing games as a result. I guess they're books for the most part, but it's a game, um, you know, I, I, I don't know, but, like, Games are the the good ones for me, just because um, it's 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 encouraging community. I, I think. Mm. Yeah, well, and people we've... play online a lot more now. So even if you're not like in person, that's true. Like Zoom and stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, you're looking at classic board games. Uh, you know, like um, I don't know, Ticket to Ride or uh... Ticket to Ride is a great one. It's not super complicated, yeah. but it's not just like random luck and stupidity. It's like a strict. Str- 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 it's a str- mm-hmm. it's a board game that requires strategy and planning but it's not like really hard or anything i think that's a great a great one well thank you <laughs> yeah we've we have definitely had a lot of success with uh board games and and magic magic the gathering oh yeah ah, yes. yes and um yet yeah, uh hive has been a really popular board game uh, yeah recently. absolutely yeah that's a great because you know it's about insects and so that, that is a great one for kids and also uh one called sagrada it's about um stained glass windows so that you like you, you have dice and so you roll the dice and that corresponds to sort of the pattern that you create uh, with with within the stained glass. So if you have like an artistically inclined kid, uh, that that's a great choice. That's that's cool. I I'm, I'm gonna take that one down. But uh, I got. Do you know what a good selling point for Hive is? What's that? Uh, so because we were doing outdoors gaming and stuff, Hive uh, sold really well because uh, the pieces are really heavy. And so people were convinced you could take oh. them to the parks and stuff and they won't blow away. Uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's so smart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. There's go the big tiles. Yep. Um one game that would totally blow away, but that I recommend um <laughs> is uh Sushi Go. It is a deck building game where like you you choose certain cards to create the most delicious sushi meal. And what I think is good about it is I've seen old people, like, have the game explained to them and have them understand it and then learn how to play it. And I find that that can be challenging sometimes. So they've successfully, like, my my friend's parents have been successfully taught how to play Sushi Go and they enjoy it. That's amazing. Awesome. And with younger kids, it encourages them to want to eat sushi, which is a healthy, uh, healthy food. Because <laughs> the sushi looks really cute. You're are, like, are, are this you- is cute. Are, I want to sure have the sashima. Sorry, what? Sure, are you sure I want to encourage them to play with their sushi when it's served to them? I, you know, I don't know if it's for kids who are that, that young. Okay. But, um, so, you know, but it's a game where, like, everything you need to play the game is in the box. You don't need to buy anything else. It's all mm-hmm. in the box. Um, we found that to be a good accessible one. I also think Dixit which is a storytelling game is really good for people who like me are like profoundly allergic to math and prefer to be creative. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not luck based at all. It's all based on being, it's all based on imagination and like describing pieces of art basically. So it's definitely not a niche of games that gets filled 
by a lot else, frankly. That's really cool. Um, one that, uh, I just got a bunch of orders for recently was, uh, Mysterium. Have you guys played that one or, uh, know about that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us more. I have, um, so it's, uh, um, basically you're solving a murder mystery. Um, the, uh, a, a, basically a ghost is conveying clues and stuff and you have to piece together, uh, who murdered, uh, this person and stuff. So it's, um, it's, it, it's, I was told it's clue mixed with dixit i actually haven't played dixit so i couldn't verify but that's what i've been told mm. i remember the art being really neat and this the core concept is really cool mm-hmm. um is there any way to make giving the gift of individual issues of comics i.e giving floppies uh someone not giving is there any way to making to make giving a gift of floppies to someone not being a complete shit show uh, uh, John, do you want to take this one? Um, um, <laughs> unless you uh, use a method I mentioned earlier about like paying for somebody's pull list for the week, like not really. I mean, I guess if you go to a comic book store and there's a couple interesting like new number ones that you might want to just th- throw at. Um, Hmm. your your loved one or friend that like hey this looked interesting thought you might want to give it a try i think that would be that would be good but yeah getting somebody you know immortal hulk 48 uh on on a lark is is not <laughs> probably not a good idea or or good asian number 5 yeah um um i would say maybe uh the fortnite comics just because they have the code oh, yeah, once yeah, again yeah. i need to mention that um I think you mostly want to pair single issue comics with something else. Like you put a single issue comic with a board game, um, maybe. Um, and, and then honestly, the but the only time I ever see single issue comics um, being like really good, sincere gifts, as opposed to like let me pick out five from the shelf and just you know pack it in, um, is I think from like indie local artists, just because there's the kind of diy craft uh uh, aspect to it you know what i mean like if if it's if it's a if it's a local artist who's not white, if it's charles forsman or somebody um and it even and it looks like a zine i think i think it's somewhat more endearing um because it feels somewhat more uh custom in that case or at least more deliberate yeah if you can find something unique like that like a um like an indie artist or you know um, we have right now at our store a comic called Invisible that uh, was created by a homelessness advocate. Uh, so that's something that is from a local artist and supports the community. So, hey. That's so cool. That's awesome. I, I Yeah, I do kind of think the idea of going into the store and looking at some if, – if the person you're shopping for is like, you know, a, a person who reads floppies, actually, you know what? Even if they're not – this here's a thought. If you have a friend who's a trade waiter, i.e. somebody who only gets trade paperbacks, and you see a, a hand give him like a handful of number one issues and say, here's some number one issues, maybe you'll find something you like in here and then you'll buy the we'll get you the trade when that comes out, you know, in like half a year. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Yeah. That actually might that's kinda like a, it's like buying them like a sample, like, you know, like the equivalent of like Sephora mini lipsticks sampler gift to like someone, and then you could buy the full size later. <laughs> yeah, and uh, um, 
what Marvel and DC and Image have been doing the last several years is reprinting, you know, number ones or, you know, historic issues at a dollar. Uh, so for Marvel, they're called Marvel True Believers. Um, and so, you know, if, if you have a, a kid who's interested just vaguely in comics, you can just, you know, at our store, we have a couple spinner racks of these, of these dollar books and you can just, you know, get a smattering of them. And, and, you know, if they tear them up, like a little kid might, you, you don't have to feel bad about it. <laughs> That's cool. I, I, uh, I, I disagree that, um, uh, giving a trade waiter single issues, uh, like a sampler is, is a good idea. I find that okay. most trade trade waiters would actually probably resent getting single issue comics at all. Um, because, uh, I, I fr from what I've seen, it's not so much, um, it, it, it's just, it's just simply having, they just simply resent the idea of having single issues at all. I think there's the, uh, uh, they, they don't want to throw them out because it feels like it's wasteful, even though like you gifting it like that, you know, they should feel free to throw it out. But, um, you know, the collector mentality is still there. And, uh, mm. and, and now they have like a stack of single issues that they don't want. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, don't, I like I, I think I think the trade waiters would be more inclined to just try something out digitally or just uh, frankly, just getting a trade. I, I think a, a trade waiter just very unapologetically about trees i could be wrong but that that's been my experience no i, I get it yeah no I, I mean i know for me like i'm a weird i'm a weird combination so i'm not like completely you know what i mean if, but it's true I, that I, a lot of trade waiters are strictly trade well i think com i think combinations are the best uh the best people like there's just some books that are better in single issue form and some books that are better reading uh together you know what i mean yeah yeah and also i, I um you know for us because we take in so many you know, used comics, um, we have been able to frequently put together single issue runs, like runs of single issues, like in a complete, you know, series and sell those as a set. Um, mm -hmm. So like it's 12 issues uh, like this, the first 12 issues of, you know, Hickman's X-Men or, or, or whatever that you can, you can buy in a block. And so that's sort of, you you can get the experience of reading a trade, but in single issues, so it's a little bit of both. Yeah, you have the collector aspect that you have everything all at once. I, yeah, yeah, I can see that working. Is there something physical from a comics shop that would be a good gift for them? Um. Uh. So so um. Uh, I had a, I have a friend. So when I first opened up the store like five years ago. I had a friend who only read digital comics, right? And like for me, I've been trying to like figure out what gets people to the store and stuff. And uh, he he always, even though he read digital comics exclusively, he always came out for free comic book day, right? And I feel like there's nothing more cluttering than free comic book day books. Uh, am I wrong there? Oh yeah, I yeah. give away like so much. So, well, so that's also because so they're, they're they're usually not good though. Right. Yeah. So, so I try, so I, so I asked him like, why are you like, why don't you buy other books, you know? And, um, he, he, he said he was supporting the store or whatever, which is a complete lie. I mean, stores pay for the free comic day books where they hand them out. So it's really the opposite of that. But I, I realized that, um, as, as he was articulating, uh, poorly, why, why he was taking free comic day books. Um, there's a, it, it, it's more commemorative, uh, commemorative, right? Like people look at free comic book day as comic book day, right? 
So I think for digital readers, if there's something that they could connect to personally on a story they may have read, I think they would appreciate uh, a physical copy of it. Hmm. Yeah, and there is also, you know, like Demetria said, some beautiful, um, you know, oversized hardcovers of oh yeah of these series. So, like, you know, just recently there was a uh, the comic book adaptation of Neil Gaiman's American Gods was just published in like a, a gorgeous oversized hardcover with a beautiful David Mack cover. Uh, like, so the book itself is a piece of art, and and things like that. Um, Things that, you know, like I said, local artists that you can't find digitally. And, you know, I also think that the experience of a comic book store is just very special. You know, there's millennials who are nostalgic for, like, you know, uh, local video stores or even freaking Blockbuster. Um, like, that sort of curated experience is something that a digital reader doesn't have. So... If they've never been into a comic book store, I think it would be a treat to just, like, let them roam free and explore and see what's mm. there and maybe ask somebody like me a question. Like, well, if you like X, you might like Y. You know, I, I also think that there's a lot of people who assume that they're going to have a bad experience in a comic book store. And I have been into a fuck ton of comic book stores, granted mostly in New York and D.C., but... I have had very few negative experience. I've had plenty of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like neutral experiences, but I've had very few bad ones. I don't know. I feel like people have kind of, some of those lessons have been taught since yeah. people began raising some of those problems. Yeah, I think the massive amount of closed comic book stores have uh, taught the industry a few lessons. Like you, you can't be the comic book guy. From The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you can't let crap pile up. Your store can't stink. It can't be dark and intimidating. Like, it has to be friendly. Uh, I have to be friendly. Uh, I And I take joy in my job. I like being able to get people to try new art. That's awesome. And so, you know, I, I try and have that attitude whenever somebody new comes in. Like, if somebody comes in and asks me, like, What's a Batman? I'm like, that's cool. I get to introduce them to a whole new world. That's really great. Um, you know, I, I have a, a tip for folks. So just never buy anybody a poster without a frame. Like, I guess it's different if you're if you're like a teenager and you're buying stuff for other teenagers. You guys probably put some things on your walls with double stick tape and that's okay. But for grownups, do not buy somebody art unless you have, a, unless you are buying it in a frame. Because yeah. if you give somebody art and it's not framed, you've created more work for them to do. Yeah, it's, it's very expensive <laughs> to get that stuff framed. I've actually it just ordered great, a couple but... of frames from, um, what's the one that the QAnoners hate? Wayfarer. And um, they had some decent standard dimension stuff for some art that I've gotten at cons. But like... Please, please don't buy people things that they have to frame. But please buy people things that they can frame. I mean, you know, I love, I, I love getting people art when I can. Just don't make it hard for them. Agree. Um, tell me about the new Jack Kirby Blacklight posters that are coming out. Um, I wish I could, uh, because they've been canceled and resolicited twice, and we oh, don't no. have a release date for them yet. <laughs> they look 
amazing uh, from the series, from the images that, you know, have been spread about on the web. Like, it's Jack Kirby art plus blacklight. Like, that's awesome. Uh, but I don't know when they'll actually be in our store, unfortunately. Well, so much for my Hanukkah gift. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, so what are some new artists' editions books that are coming out that look really good? Uh, let's see. There's um, there's an EC one that looks uh, gorgeous. And then there's a, a P. Craig Russell one called Murder Mysteries that, that's uh, amazing. So if you were if you were to find both of those in a comic book store, those would be my two choices. Um, well, they've been doing um, soft cover versions of that. Did John mention that? No. So like, there's a, a John Romita Spider Man one that's like fifty bucks now, I think, and it's not the exact size of the editions. It's maybe slightly smaller, but smaller, but it's still like really cool. And you still get the uh, quality of uh, you know. Uh, pencils and stuff that you see in the artist edition version. Um, there's a John Buscema one. I, I, I want to say it's, uh, Avengers, I, I think, but there, there's definitely a John Buscema one, uh, uh that's out. I, I forgot which one it is though, but, um, I think the new wave of soft cover art edition has been really cool and accessible. Neat. And there's, there's also, um, a DC War one that's fairly recent, and then um, a Star Wars uh, Archive edition. Oh, yeah. That, and there's a, nin a nice... Ninja Turtles one also. That's uh, oh, really cool. Cool. Yeah, the, you know, one of the cool things about comic book stores is that, you know, these artist editions are, like, after they come out, they're more or less impossible to reorder. So if you happen to find something like this in a local comic book store, that's where you're going to get it. Uh, people are now asking me for the Sinkevich uh, Moon Knight one, and uh, yeah, that's that's long gone. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I um I have a thoughts about the really giant sized Kirby books, like the like the ones that are like the size of a person. Yeah. Which is that you need to have a plan for transporting and storing those books. Yeah. Um, they also can serve as a weighted blanket. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> yeah, you need like, like some sort of hefty art stand or of just a huge table to be able to actually look at those things. Like they're awesome, uh, but yeah, it, they're very impractical <laughs> uh, to, to actually look through. I, I think if someone could print uh, panels onto blankets and then every layer of blanket and sheet is a different page of a book. I think that'd be amazing. Heavy Metal had the license for Kirby's Lord of Light art for a little while. So mm -hmm. I actually have a shower curtain of one of those splash pages. My brother has a uh, throw rug as well as a blanket. Whoa. Of neon colored Jack Kirby panel art. So... But yeah, I you know there, I feel like there is something soothing to like my um it was a gift from my brother, very sweet of him, and it involved like it, giving it to me involved him taking a cab, um like the king size Kirby. It's sort of like yeah, like it is like a weighted blanket that I read 
in the recliner, like on my lap, basically. And then I ask like for help to put it away back in the slip cover because the slip cover is beautiful and I don't want to injure it. Hmm. Um, I also borrowed a friend's Teen Titans um, omnibuses and I just, I took off the paper jackets, put the paper jackets somewhere safe and then like read without the jackets because I was convinced the jackets were going to get damaged. I admire your care of these books. <laughs> oh, well, I gotta do it for something. Yeah, so I like I like any- I like the image hardcover that don't have the jackets. It's just a straight up hardcover. Makes yeah, it easier, yeah, right? Those are great. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, was it like what is it printed like a like a high school te- textbook is or is yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. So, um, and another great thing about local comic book stores is that a lot of times uh, we'll be able to catch sort of uh, publisher or distributor sales. So we can get in things like like a revival or a monstrous or a Gideon Falls or a Saga um, hardcover on sale, and then you can get them for pretty cheap. Um, you know, those image hardcovers are usually fifty bucks, and at that size, the Marvel versions of that size would be like seventy-five to a hundred. Yeah. So if you're able to get those on sale, it's you know it'd be like cheaper than buying it digital even. Oh, that's cool. Uh, is there anything we should talk about that we haven't covered yet? Um, yeah, if if you have a D&D loving uh person that you're buying for, um there's you know all sorts of D&D related knickknacks that are out now. Um, you know, f- you know, it's been increasing in popularity over the last decade. Uh so you know, we have things that are like dice bags that are shaped like dice that are really neat um, or sort of extravagant things like a hundred sided die that, you know, looks that everybody who comes into the store, like picks it up and looks at it, but you know, 99 of a hundred people aren't going to buy it, but it <laughs> would make a great gift for somebody who, who enjoys tabletop gaming. Yeah. That's, cool. that's a really good uh, key is uh, uh, to be a great gift is just a gift that a person won't buy for themselves. Right. Like, yeah, no one yeah. ever buy a hundred sided die for themselves, but they wouldn't mind owning one. Yeah. It's true. My friend got me some really cute dice for D and D MTG tokens and stuff like that are good. There, oh, like, a, we, you know what? We like to got we got our friends a dice tower. For those of you who don't know what the fuck that is, I don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> and it's a really good idea. Is it's like a box that can be different novelty styles that you put dice in and it rolls it and the dice don't go flying everywhere. So yes. if you, for example, have players who <clears throat> like me have a tendency to uh have dice fly off into corners, it's a particularly good gift. And if um, you use the hundred sided die, you will want one of those because it's almost like a ball and will roll off your table if you try and use it without some barrier. Uh, there's also oh, like yeah. these really nice, elaborate uh, metal and yes. maybe jewelry-looking dice as well. Uh, yeah, those would be good. Like they're usually pr- super pricey and stuff. And again, like somebody who's really big to buy dice would buy it for themselves. But for the most part, I think it's just something cool that they would like gifted rather than buying. You know. Outright. What is it? Any any thoughts on gifts for like babies? Uh, board books, maybe, especially. But like, like are any of them good? Because I've seen some board books that were superhero related that looked like offensive. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, to me, when you're buying gifts for babies who are very happy getting wrapping paper and just playing with that, yeah, I feel like you're ultimately buying what you want them to have more than what they actually want. So you're really, if you're buying a, let's say, a board book of uh, I don't know, Wonder Woman or Batman or something, you're buying it as a Batman fan or a Wonder Woman fan, hoping to imprint that appreciation to them. I feel like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, and there's definitely, like, the line of little golden books with superheroes and Star Wars and things like that. And there's some, like, bluey books that we have and also some sort of superhero activity books for kids that age. And for older kids... And I was just going to say, and for older kids, there's different... There's a bunch of puzzles from, like, with uh, puzzle piece numbers from, like, 1 to 100 to 1,000 with Spider-Man, Batman, the Avengers, Deadpool. So, you know, a, a lot of activities that you can get kids into I comics like, with. D- I mean, I don't know. There was like this, to- there's totally ones I've seen in the past. They're like, Wonder Woman is a girl. I'm like, <laughs> Superman is a boy. I'm like, this is just, so is I would just say that- flip. Th- that I have I mean, not I seen, know. no. I, like flip I, through the board to that. make sure it's not like completely fucking offensive. Um. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for joining me. I, I hope we are able to help some of our listeners. And um, truly, guys, this is an important time to support your local comic book stores. I uh, Oh, you know what? One one thing I actually I ordered from John's store that I got that I think could be a hit for your stoner friends is um, the new Meg, Mog, and Owl oh, yeah. uh, books that are... It's not, it's not even my usual shit, but I got really hooked on them on the um on the on the series during uh you know when things were the most locked down during covid and they had a whole series of um single pan of 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 comics that they were coming out on instagram um and i got sucked into that and then i was you know what i've read so many free comics from i should go and support the creator so i went and i ordered the book and it's definitely, from what I've read, um, a, a book that has lots of crossover appeal amongst folks who are not normally comic book readers. It's definitely nice. a stoner feel, but it's also very heavy emotionally about like families and trauma and all that, but also drugs. And a lot of queer characters and really complicated feelings. Uh, any, any final thoughts, guys? Um, um, if I could just plug a couple cool things that might be cool gifts. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a hardcover called uh, Untold Horror. That's sort of like an illustrated collection of horror, mo- cool horror movies that were never made. Uh, so that's something that you know you might find at a bookstore or a comic book store. That's really oh, awesome. Neat. Um, and there's a great graphic novel called that just came out called Ballad for Sophie um, by Felipe Mello and Juan Cavia. It's sort of a fictional biopic of a master pianist. So if you have anybody who's really into music, um, they might appreciate that one or just awesome graphic novels. Cool. Um, for me, I would want to plug like, honestly, I, to me, one of the can't fail gifts is, uh, art books, honestly, like the art of blank. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. People don't buy Mm. art of for themselves because they're usually like, you know, overpriced and you know for the most part the mentality is 
I've seen it or something like that. At the same time, they always appreciate having something like that. And I think like one of the best ones would be the uh, art of Avatar, the art of the Legend of Korra. Um, those are like like the Avatar fans buy the comic books uh, by Gene Luen Yang for themselves, but those hardcovers would be great as gifts. Um, art of Hellboy, art of um, uh, DC Comics has plenty of art books. The mythology by Alex Ross. Um, yeah, artists have their own um, art books and stuff. I, I think art books are, are yeah. some of the best ones as gifts. And there's also that's um, really an, smart. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also one an art an arcana for D and D is for the history. Oh, of right. Yeah. Art. yeah. Uh, there's art of Atari that's really beautiful, and even in, um, uh, I believe there's a art of Masters of the Universe. I, th- I think. Uh, oh, yeah, there wow. should be. Yeah. Okay. So so. Uh, so there's art books for specific artists and then art books for different properties that, that, are, that are gorgeous. Yeah, Dark Horse has a ton for different video games. There's yeah. very there's not too many too much good crossover between video games and uh, comics, but um, Dark Horse putting out the video game art books I think is pretty uh, neat. The Art of Over the Garden Wall is a wonderful book, and I there you have go. the folks who worked on it on my podcast. And the Venture Brothers, Art of Venture Brothers book, which was a gift to me from John, thank you very much, my is a deeply cherished gift of mine that has been a great resource for my Venture Brothers podcast. Nice. Uh, That's I'm, from Dark Horse 2, if I'm not mistaken, right? I, if I remember correctly, yes. Let me turn to my right. <laughs> Yes, actually, those are both dark horse. Nice. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I found well, a good thanks. home. Yes, very good home. It's actually right next to my David Bowie uh, museum exhibition book. So, um, and another gift that does not involve comic book stores actually is like if you guy if folks if you know which comics artists your friends like and what characters they like, commission art for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be easy to go wrong if you don't have like if you don't really know the right vibe that they want but i feel like for most of my nerd friends i would know the right vibe like example meaning you know one of my very first commissions is was a piece of from dustin the goyan of um black canary and i was like i want her in the classic very pinuppy outfit but i don't want her to be looking like pinuppy i want her to be fighting and he's like got it and that's what he did right awesome. like so if you can be specific like they're like this outfit and this style but i want it to be fighting or smiling or you know what kind of mode it would be then that's usually enough to go and get your friends something really nice then support an artist and like commissioned art is very very affordable like i don't know how the heck artists charge so little so go and, and give them money and then frame it have them make sure yeah. that it's a standard frame size eight by eleven eight by ten I was going to say, definitely give artists money. I would say that's uh, that's a universal cry from uh, Eddie. For sure. Comic book person, yeah. And with that, uh, where can our listeners find your comic book store and your stuff online, Demetrios? Um, anyonecomics.com. All our social media handle is uh, is Anyone Comics, uh, A-N-Y-O-N-E-C-O-M-I-C-S. And we're in Brooklyn, uh, in the center, in a neighborhood called Crown Heights. Um yeah. You guys are right near, not surprisingly, a really excellent Jamaican restaurant. Um, you're probably near multiple, but I'm just thinking of the one. <laughs> yeah, we're near multiple. <laughs> so go to their store, get some Jamaican food, and triumph. 
Um, and John Arminio, tell us about Comics Connection. Uh, yeah, Comics Connection, we have two locations, one in Mechanicsburg, one in York, Pennsylvania. Uh, there are no Jamaican restaurants uh, near us, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, our website is, is sort of uh, in the lurch right now, uh, so the best way to get in touch with us is via our Facebook page. You can just find us by searching us on Facebook. Um, you're probably going to be messaging me. You can find me at Quasar Sniffer on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks. And as for me, I'm on Twitter a little bit too much. E-L-A-N-A underscore Brooklyn. That's Elana underscore Brooklyn. And what I would like for Hanukkah for my listeners is some more uh, reviews and ratings on whatever podcast platform you choose to listen to this on. It really does help support the show. That's all I want for Hanukkah. <laughs> and with that, keep it geeky.